Welcome along, listeners, to Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, as we preview all the Tipperary sporting action ahead of the weekend on this Friday, March the 10th, 2023. So, as always, we've plenty to talk about across the next hour. We'll be talking to former Tipperary midfielder Shane McGrath. He's going to give us his championship starting 15 for Tipperary. And we're also going to talk a bit about the upcoming game tomorrow evening. That's Tipperary versus Waterford in the National Hurling League. We'll also be talking to former or the current Tipperary senior football captain Connor Sweeney. He's a teacher in Abbey CBS and they're in an All-Ireland Senior B Schools final tomorrow. We're going to talk a bit about that and a bit about his injury, of course. I will also be talking to Tipperary darts player Dylan Slevin on how he's been faring in the professional ranks since making his debut last month. And we'll also, as always, be talking Greyhound Racing with Barry Drake to end the show. So plenty to talk about ahead of uh, this weekend in sport in Tipperary. And we'll try to cover it all across the next hour here on Tip FM. So to start the show, I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the line by former Tipperary midfielder Shane McGrath. Shane, you're welcome to the show. And Paul, glad to be here. Um, Shane, very uh, interesting game coming up this weekend. A lot of talk about it has been kind of centred around... Um, it's going to be a bit of a precursor for the championship in terms of this is going to be both teams maybe maybe toughest test so far in the championship but it's uh, for Tipperary's point of view it's the first time we're going to be playing a team that we will be playing in the Munster Championship so probably both teams probably going to go fairly strong you'd imagine Yeah, I think there's a few reasons why they'll both go fairly strong Paul I think um, from Tip's point of view no more so against Kilkenny we hadn't beaten them in, in some time um, not as long now as uh, well, hadn't beaten them down in Nolan Park in particular, but yeah. we haven't beat we haven't beaten Watford now in three years, I think, which would be like you know five five meetings, couple of league games, couple of championship games since. But that'll obviously be something, and obviously the last time Watford bet us, or the last two times Watford bet us, Ian Cal was the manager, so you know that might be something, some motivation. I think from a, a Watford point of view, then I think they'll 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 go at this hard because I suppose I've seen them playing a couple of times now, and um, they haven't really haven't been great to be totally honest and they're getting to that stage where that they need to start finding their championship team you know say for example like is Austin Leeson going to start because he's, he's been coming on the last few games you know um, and also for Watford as well it's their first of at least four games that they're going to have in Simple Stadium all like I said they're two home games and obviously when they play tip as well it's all Simple Stadium so I think they'll use it for that factor Paul to get used to the logistics get used to the pitch you know, the surroundings and everything for whatever team they'll have. And, and I think that's why they'll, they'll go strong. And obviously, we'll go strong because that's what we've been doing. Liam has been putting out, giving lads different goals. We've been very competitive. We've won our three games. And, like, not, maybe not everyone will realise that if we if, if we do win um, tomorrow night, we're guaranteed top spot because the next nearest us would be Kilkenny. And even if we're on the same points, um, we, we would top the group on the base of the head to head. Yeah. So so you know, I think there's lots of reasons why, but you know, I think the most important reason is that we're at the second last round of the league and teams now want to start figuring out what is going to be our championship team or what's going to be our, our top twenty like. So I think that's why this weekend more so Paul than the last few weekends, um, I think you'll see in all the games, um, you'll you'll see really competitive games and, and probably as strong as teams as they possibly can go like. Yeah, and you even Liam Cowell had been saying that after the last couple of games or after the last game um, up in Crow Park, he had mentioned that we'd see probably more closer to championship lineouts the longer the league goes on. But I suppose a lot has been kind of talked about the league, um, especially I think Watford winning it last year and then not going that well, not getting out of Munster. 
has nearly scared a lot of people from the league in terms of people are, are wondering, oh, do you want to be winning this league because you don't get as much of a break before the Munster Championship? What's your overall take on, on, on all that, the, the value of the league? Yeah, look, I I suppose, I think I think Shame is the only guy uh, in our panel at the moment that has a league medal. So it's 2008 since we won it last. Um, obviously, all the Watford lads will, will have their league medals from last year, but I, uh, look, I think you have to take the, like I suppose Watford maybe have have kind of scared people maybe into winning the league, but I suppose a lot of people mightn't realise that you know Watford won that league. They trained ferociously hard. They came out um, after having a good game against Limerick, albeit in the Munster Championship, albeit that they, they still got best, and they would have trained very very hard as well. And you know maybe they were maybe what maybe Liam Cahill and, and the lads he had with him down in Watford have learned from that round robin for Watford in the Munster Championship last year is that, you know, they have to time things maybe and, and maybe they just got the time enough, you know, that and they, they, they ended up being a very, very tired team by the end of the round robin in the Munster Championship. So I think that's only a positive for Tip Paul in that I think there was massive learnings probably for them first time being involved in the team in round robin because people have to realise his first two years at Watford were, you know, COVID years for all the world. You know, it wasn't a round robin championship, it was a different format. It was his first time with a round uh, experience in a round robin as, as an intercounty senior manager last year. And like I think they, they, they maybe they trained and maybe they got their timings wrong. I think that'll work for Tip. So I I I just think that we're we're that Tip are going to get a lot of the learning that they would have got from the from the Water team last year. To go back to your to your question about are our teams afraid to win the league? I, I think Tip are going to go to win the league. I think Cork are going to go and try and win the league. You know, anyone that's in with a chance there now, they're going to be saying, "Look, let's just use this now as extra really competitive games, maybe rather than uh, a layoff in training." Ideally, Paul, you know, teams should be getting a three-four week break before they play championship because it does take that time minimum. Yeah. And I think if there's any change that can be made going forward, I think that the GA need to look at taking away the league semi-finals. And we, we had a couple of break weeks there. You know, even take last weekend. I'm sure if you ask most inter-county players, they would have been rather been playing last weekend. But what has happened now since is they weren't playing. Some teams were on kind of training camps. You take Limerick, for example, they're gone to Portugal. So I think, you know, rather than have that week in between where it's a kind of a, you're in no man's land, just just play last weekend. Don't have a league semi-final. And there you go straight away. You have a three-week minimum break between a league final and a final and a championship first round. And I think that's what that's what teams really want, Paul. They want the break in between the league. It's not that they're afraid to win the league, Paul. It's just that they're afraid maybe that you go so hard at this to a league final, you win it or you lose it, and you only have a two-week turnaround, which in inter-county terms nowadays is really only two, the max, two, three max hard training sessions. The rest of them are tapered. So I think that's where people are maybe afraid about, about getting to league finals nowadays. Yeah, no, it's a really good point and a really good point as well on, on Liam Cowell's um, you know, experience of a round robin last, last year being his first one. Uh, you'd, you'd forget that 2020-2021 were both uh, just straight knockouts but th- and that makes a huge difference. But um, just looking at this Watford team, obviously Davy Fitz came in as their manager for his second stint but I mean, it's going to be a big test for the Tipperary full back line and it's going to be interesting to see how Tipperary uh, go with, about that. Will it be Brian O'Mara or Michael Breen or what will we see in the full back line? But in terms of a, a test in the league, you know, coming up against the likes of Desi Hutchinson and if Michael Kiley features as well, like these are going to be extreme tests for uh, whoever's in that full back line. Oh, yeah, it'd be a great test. And, it's, and, and uh, for the day, like I said, for, for Johnny Ryan, you know... Um, 
I think I think it'd be a great a, a great test for the likes of him to see how he'd manage with the space, um, even for um, for Conor McCarthy there as well. If 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 he was to start, right, that it'd be a great test for him to come up against Daisy Hutchinson, to come up uh, to come up against um, Fitzgerald Pod- Podrick Fitzgerald, isn't it there from um, from from, from Belly Gunner, Patrick, yeah, yeah. Pat- Patrick Sturt. Like, I think that'd be a great test for both of them to see how they're going to play. To see, you know, how would they react maybe with the space that Watford would want to leave in front of these guys, and it'd be a great test from down the line. And again, you know, when we're, you know, when you're playing maybe against the likes of a Clare, and, and and you might be coming up against a, a Shane O'Donnell type figure, or you're, or you're playing against Limerick, and, and you're uh, you're trying to match against Jamie Flanagan. So I think it'd be it'd be a massive opportunity for for, for them. I, you know, will will if Austin Gleeson starts, where will he start? Would he would he go in full forward? Great test for Mikey Breen. Would he will 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 they play him in the half forward line and give him a Roman role? Maybe a great test for Brian O'Mara as well. So you know, I I think there's lots of lots of these little niches, lots of these little matchups that that will be great tests for, for for both sides and for our own lads as well. And and in Simple Stadium as well, you know, because look, if, if there's one thing I think Paul Ray was even in around Nina there there today and. I met two people, and you know, I really value, really respect their their opinions as as hurling people, and they both kind of said the same thing to me. They said, "We're going well, we're going the right way," and I think that's that's what we have this year with the group, and um, with the group of players we have, and um, you know, with the management, what they've the, the stamp that they've put in it is every day they're going out, they're working hard, they're trying to do the right thing. We're playing, you know, we have a kind of a style and a system of playing now, and I just think it's a great thing to be able to say this year that regardless of what comes championship time. The arrow is going the right way with this group un- under this management, you know, and, and everyone I meet, we're going well, aren't we? We're going the right way. And like, you know, I suppose we're going to talk about maybe a potential championship 15 there in a couple of minutes. And like I, I wrote my one and I know a lot of people will agree or disagree with a few positions, but it's the lads that I haven't named on the team that could come on and give an impact. I think it's 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 very good. It's it's very positive for 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 Tip Hurland there there at the moment. Like. Yeah, and it's good that it's it's hard to name a fifteen because we're we're going to get to that now. I asked Shane um, during the week to come up with a championship fifteen if he was to name it. So I suppose we'll we'll get going with that, Shane. We'll start with the the goalkeeper and full back line. Um, we've seen kind of Barry Hogan and Reese Shelley uh, throughout the year, but who's kind of nailed down that number one for you? Yeah, look, and I suppose this is on the back of everyone being fit and everything, and who 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 would be fit maybe come championship, and hopefully these lads will be. But look, for me, there's no doubt Barry Barry Hogan is number one goalie at the moment. I think Reece Shelley will be a very good goalie, and he was unlucky there with injury to miss out on a, and a couple of things in the league uh, in the league earlier on, and even with the Fitzgibbon there himself and Dean Mason had a great battle for the goals inside Fitzgibbon for UL. Yeah. But Barry, but Barry Barry Hogan for me, I think he is a complete package. I think he's a great shot stopper. I think he's puck out his distribution, the vision he has. Um, players who play with him or lads involved with him before said he he, he you know he he put it through the eye of a needle for you and I just think that that Barry Hogan even an example the day we seen him inside Nina against Clare in the Munster League I just thought he thought he was super a shot stopper and I think he's really stood up to say look I'm I'm the best goalie in the county and the rest of you think can try and challenge me if you want but Barry Hogan for me is the goalie full back lined in I would have you know all going well fitness wise and everything Cahal Barris. I'd have Mikey Breen full back and I'd have Johnny Ryan the other cornerback. And and I think you'd have you have a wide variation there, you know, you've you've three guys who are able to hurl, you have that you have that physical size of Mikey Breen, that presence that you you know you just need nowadays in an inter county setup at full back. And I just think at two and four that if Barry Hogan had to go short, you've two guys in outlets in Cahill and Johnny who are very comfortable on the ball and know how to give a good quality ball if they if they reach that zone to kind of deliver that quality ball in like. Yeah, no, and Johnny Ryan has done so well to kind of 
build up himself through the through the Munster League and and through the league to to get into such a positive position that he is in at the moment. But we'll we'll stay going through half back line. Who have you gone for? Yeah, I suppose it might be it might be a bit of a surprise maybe for a few people because he hasn't featured much. But I just based on his club form last year, I think I'd have I'd have Niall O'Mara at wing back. I think he's great vision. Um, you know, he's physically very strong. So I'd have him there at number five and everyone's seen the distribution he can give with, with Killer One and I think he would he would step up if given the chance. I'd have Brian O'Mara at number six. Um, again, very comfortable on the ball. His performance speaks for themselves. And I'd have Rowan in seven. Maybe a lot of people might have Rowan in six. But the reason I'd have Rowan in seven is it would allow the way the wing back role has gone now, Ronan would actually get an opportunity to go forward and Ronan striking at the ball and he's actually I think he he could be worth a couple of points from play for you and the quality of ball that he could get in maybe because of a half forward line sitting off him or whatever, like E. G. Kyle Hayes type that he that he can push forward. I think if we could allow Ronan to push forward as a seven, it could open up lots of lots of uh, windows of opportunity in regards to him scoring from play and a better ball in. So Half-back line, I have Niall O'Mara, Brian O'Mara, and I'd have Rowan O'Mara in the half-back line. Serious looking half-back line there. We'll, we'll keep it moving. Uh, midfield duo? Midfield duo, I, I would have, you know, unfortunately through injury, Paddy Goodell's year seems to be over for in the blue and gold terms, and please God, he'll be back for the Brackens later on in the year. But I, I would have Dan McCormick midfield, and beside him, I, I would have Conor Stakelham. I think Conor Stakelham has grown and grown and grown in maturity and his performances that night we seen him against Leash he was he was awesome in the first half albeit Leash were very poor but um, even the bit of a rest he got in with his hands for a couple of weeks and I just think he's really coming into a vein of form I think he's coming into a kind of maturity as an inter-county player now we've seen glimpses of it last year against Limerick in the Gaelic Crowns. I think he'll be really good and we know what Dan is going to give us savage work rate popping the ball off always doing the right thing with the ball and if the need is most you know if, if the job needs to be done like Dan McCormack is, is a go-to guy to, to do that. And, um, you know, even in recent years, I suppose we've seen him with the confidence in himself to take on a few shots as well, which is very important for their midfielders. So I'd have Connor Stakelham and Dan McCormack there in midfield. Yeah, serious. So just work right between those two lads and any rooks in the middle of the field. There's not many other lads in the country you'd nearly want in around a rook. Uh, yeah. Dan McCormack and Connor Stakelham. Uh, half forward line. Half forward line was maybe a positional change from what we've seen him in recent years, championship wise, but I have Shamie Kendi. Um, Wing forward number ten. I'd I'd have Noel uh, at centre forward, and I'd have Alan Tynan um, in at wing forward. I suppose this management are are looking maybe to put their stamp on it, and, and one of their main stamps is work rate, intensity, turnovers. I think Alan Tynan gives you that, and loads. I've been very impressed with what I've seen in him so far, and I think he's grown more and more as the games go on into that position, into that role. He's a physical guy. He's able to hurl, but it's just his turnovers, the lift he gives for, and the, the ball the ball and the space he would create for other players like Noel there because Noel at 11 we know what Noel is about he could he could drift out to midfield you know he, he's asking questions of the six is he going to follow him or not and then with Shamey then I suppose look he does a lot of his club hurling up in the forwards he knows where the posts are he's very comfortable on the ball but again he offers you that work rate and that intensity that you need from your half forward line so I think you have a nice blend there of guys who, are, who know where the posts are and guys who are willing to just work their socks off for the team and maybe more often than not, Paul, just not be able to finish out the game because of the intensity they're going to play at. So, Seamus Kennedy, Noel McGrath, Alan Tynan. Yeah, and well, brilliant. And there's even other options there as well that we'll, we'll get to as well, um, coming off the bench even. But uh, finally, you're 13, 14, 15. Yeah, 13, 14, 15. I suppose, I suppose they did great things with these potential championship teams is that uh, some people will be shouting at the radio and asking why I'm leaving now X, Y and Z. But I would have Mark Keogh, 13. I'd have Jason, 14. And I'd have John McGrath, 15. And... 
I just think again, look, I, I think Mark Hugh, I went to see him for the, the Dylan Cork um the challenge game that yeah. did Kilkenny. I I'm not sure that he scored seven or eight points from play that day. He just looked a class above a lot of other lads and I just think this guy I don't know, I, I just think he has physical strength, he has pace, he knows where the posts are as well. I think, you know, if he can get a run of form at inter county level from what I've seen of him before and even this year, I just think he's waiting to explode. Mm. Jo, we know what Jo is going to give us phenomenal performances this year so far in the league, Paul. He's he's in probably the best shape of his life, maybe. Um, he's striking the ball so well. His confidence he has in himself on the freeze from open play. We know what Jo is going to get it. And, and look, I tell you, we're on about maybe potential all-stars later on in the year. I think if we go well, um, I think Jason Ford will be very close to getting an All-Star. He's been unlucky a couple of times, but I just think that's the form he's in at the moment. And John McGrath, I suppose we haven't seen a whole pile of John, but look, if he if he can get back, get back to full fitness, we know what he's going to give us. He's a, he's a he's a big he's a big day player. He's proven that before, and I'd say he's just busting to get back out there and uh, get playing again. And you know that freshness, you know he'll have from you know being injured and being laid off for a while now. That I think it'll it'll, it'll only benefit him and. Look, I mean, I'd have Mark Hill, Jason Ford, John McGrath. I suppose it, this is this is a panel thing now, Paul, with the championship. And yeah. maybe that's where Limerick have been a bit ahead in recent years in that John Kiley's been able to look over his shoulder and look at the likes of David Reedy, you know, who's coming on and making massive impacts in games. And, um, you know, I suppose that's that's what we need now as well. Like, Liam Cal needs to look around and see, like, who can he trust? Who's going to bring in, make a big impact? I mean, I could name lads like Bonner. Shamey, Garrod O'Connor, Jake Morris, you know, Keane O'Dwyer, you know, for your forwards, like, alone. And then you go, like, Podge Campion, Brian McGrath, Inda Heffernan, you know, Sean Ryan Timbledary, even, you know. And, like, all them guys could all do a job for you in a certain area of the field. And I even just think trying to make the 26 this year, there's going to be a ferocious battle inside there between lads. And, you know, and, and injuries aside, like, Joe Brown injured, Paddy Cadell injured, Bubbles retiring. Like in other years, maybe we mightn't have had the the bodies to come in and you know really take this thing on. But I I just think the impact we're going to have off our bench this year, whoever that's going to be, and we will need it. Like have no doubt about it. If 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 we want to push on, like um, I just think that that's that's going to be massive for us as well this year, Paul. Serious going on, yeah. It's it's great to have them options. So we'll just run through the one to fifteen uh, that Shane has named out for his potential championship uh, team for Tipperary: Barry Hogan and goals full back line. Carl Barrett, Mikey Breen and Johnny Ryan, Niall O'Mara, Brian O'Mara and Ronan Mara in the half-back line, Dan McCormack and Connor Stakelham in midfield, half-forward line is Seamus Kendi, Noel McGrath and Alan Tynan, and then Mark Keogh, Jason Ford and John McGrath uh, in the full-forward line. Shane, not an easy task, but uh, thanks very much uh, for doing it, and we'll maybe revisit it uh, come uh, April 23rd maybe, and uh, we will hopefully come out of Thurless tomorrow evening with a win anyway. So thanks for joining us on Across the Line, Shane. No matter, Paul. Always good chatting to Shane McGran. Just a reminder to listeners that we will have live commentary of tomorrow's game between Tip and Watford. Throw-in is at quarter past seven, but myself and Ken Hogan will be live on the air just after around 7pm. And that's with thanks to Klaus de Fubble, Rosgray College of Further Education. Some other uh, Tipperary games happening over the weekend on Saturday. Tomorrow at 2pm in Bancha, Tipperary minor ladies footballers take on Kerry. That's in the third round of the Munster Championship, so we wish Derry Peters' side all the best of luck. Then on Sunday at 2pm in Thomastown, 
Town, the Tipperary Minor Camogie team are get their All-Ireland Minor A Championship underway at Tip versus Kilkenny. That's at 2pm in Thomastown. So we wish all that panel and uh, John Ryan, the manager, all the best of luck there ahead of that campaign. So it's just about time for our first ad break. We'll be back with Dylan Slevin and Connor Sweeney all to come after this ad break. Welcome back to part two of Across the Line here at myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, March the 10th, 2023. So we're going to switch focus from GEA just for the time being, and we're going to talk to darts player Dylan Slevin. Of course, Dylan's from Bursa Kane, just 20 years old. We would have talked to him on the show about a month ago when he earned his PDC Tour card, but now we're going to get an update on how he's been faring on the PDC Tour. So I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the line by Dylan Slevin. Dylan, you're welcome to the show. Thank you. So good, Dylan, to be, I, good, good to be back. Yeah, I suppose the last time we were talking, um, you were uh, just about to make your, your PDC debut on tour at the, one of the Players' Championship events. Um, we're, that's probably about just over a month away now uh, uh, since you've, you've been in that and you've played in probably six or seven uh, professional tournaments at this stage now. How have you found the whole transition to, uh, to being a professional? Um, yeah, it's different. It's... Uh... It's a it's a lot harder. Let me tell you. Um, my first my first player championship. Now I done very well. Like you know, I got to the semi final and grew a small bit of confidence for for the year. So hopefully I can hopefully I can make a final before the year's out and get up the rankings. Yeah, because uh, like that debut was was something special, really. You, you bet William O'Connor, Josh Rock, Daryl Gurney. You got all the way to the semi final. Um, I think you played Jamie Hughes in that semi final. Yeah. But um, that must have given you, yeah. You must have thought, Jesus, this is going to be a, a handy, a handy gig. Yeah. No, I no, not really a handy <laughs> gig. It's oh, it's it's a different ball game. Like it's it's actually it's like I knew it was going to be hard, but like it's. I didn't know it was gonna be that hard, like you know, like like when you get you get to the semi final and then you're getting you 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 can't get a win then for for the next two tournaments, like do you know what I mean, or three tournaments, do you know? Yeah. So like it plays it plays a lot on your mind, but you just have to kick yourself back up and get ready for the next one, like you know. Yeah. And if we we look at um, I suppose all the all the players' championship events on anyway are in are in Barnsley at the minute. Um, I yeah. suppose you're probably used to kind of going over and back now in terms of probably have a routine set and you know all about the venue and where you're going to be staying and stuff like that. So that probably helps going forward as well. Um, yeah, uh, I might uh, I might buy an old house in Burnsley, you know. <laughs> 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 I'm over there more than I'm over in back in Bursa Cain. Like you know, it's it's um, I don't know it's it's a hard old town to get used to. Like you know, it's you're over and back and then you're to Leicester and then you're to Milton Keynes like you know so it's kind of hard to like get used to that one place like you have to get used to every venue do you know what I mean like yeah. it's a different venue every every time do you know yeah so you you had the few uh, players championships uh, events and I suppose they're just all about kind of getting as far as you can and earning money money for the order of merit and, yeah. and going up the rankings and stuff but you yeah. also had your first uh, major championship there just last weekend the UK Open over in Minehead um, how would you reflect on that? You you got to all the way to round four and uh, eventually defeated by world number twelve Joe Cullen, um, ten seven I believe it was. So your overall yeah. reflection on your your week in Minehead? Um, yeah, it was good. It was an excellent weekend. I was very happy with how I done. Like you know, I wasn't to be honest, I wasn't really expecting getting that far. Like, but to win to win my first game six nil, like it's 
it's a confidence booster, like, you know, and then went on one, again, I think it was Sean Wilkinson. Yeah. I think about Sean. Like, you know, Sean's been on the tour for the year now, like, so he's, like, very experienced, you know, and to beat, to be experienced players, like, it's good, like, you know, um, and then sure, obviously, getting back to Joe Cullen, like, it's, you know, it's a privilege to play these lads week in, week out, like, you know, but, um, you kind of want to be beating them at this stage, you know? Yeah, your your nickname. I I got a good laugh when I saw it the first time. Um, I suppose that you're when you're when you before you kind of went onto the PDC um uh, tour, Slevenator was what was going with you, but now it's uh, Oceans, so Ocean Sleven. <laughs> Tell me a bit yeah. about uh, the whole process coming up with that nickname. Uh, literally, we were over in Bolton signing with Mission signing contracts, and we were just all sitting around the table and. The manager turns around and says, "Right, look, we have to do something about this nickname. I'm, I'm, I'm not digging it, like you know." Yeah. So I was like, "Right, Grand, what have you in mind, like you know?" And um, he was like, "Uh, so they put up a post on Facebook or Twitter, whatever it was, and they got lucky number seven, they got double O seven, <laughs> and then they got Ocean seven, so." he said to me which one do you like and I said I don't I don't really mind the double O like it's it, there's a good ring to it like you yeah. know <laughs> um, but then he said sure Andrew Gildon is Goldfinger so like you can't really have two James Bond teams nicknames. two James Bond teams <laughs> so I was like I yeah I don't mind the oceans like you know because it's you can you can get good shirts out of it like you can make good casino team shirts yeah. Um and then he was like, What about lucky lucky number eleven? And I was like, No, that 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 just doesn't doesn't sound good like or there was another one, the magnific magnificent magnificent eleven or something like that. <laughs> no, so I just said, Look, we'll stay with oceans and, and he just turned around to me and said, Look, I'll worry about the nicknames, you worry about throwing darts <laughs> making money. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the that was that was how the name came about, like you know. So yeah, it's gas. And I suppose how has that worked out in terms of uh, your your practice? Um, do you have kind of a routine now, or do you like to get a certain uh, amount in every day, or what way you kind of platforming around it? Um, at this when I when I actually when I first got my tour cards, I was practicing a lot, like. But I, it, it takes a lot out of you, like you know, you're practicing for two hours a day, like it's it's very tiring. So I've just kind of came back off the board a small bit before the UK Open and I said I said to myself I won't I won't practice the day before the tournament you know I'll tr- I'll throw a few darts during the week but I won't go mad like so I said I won't practice before the UK Open and just wait till I get there and practice that morning and my darts like I wasn't I wasn't throwing too well coming up to the UK Open uh, went out onto my first game and the nerves were just the nerves hit you like you know when you're walking out of the players room looking at everyone looking at you like and they're saying come on like best of luck Dylan come on Dylan you know yeah. like it's the nerves the ner- it, I had butterflies in my stomach like I felt like I was I felt legless like you know and um, when I won 6-0 I came back into the room and said to my manager and 
and Claude and my girlfriend, I said, I th- I think I actually need nerves to play darts. Like, you know, it makes me better. So, um, which is a good thing because the, 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 there's probably a lot more, um, a, a lot more uh, opportunities like that down the line where you probably will have that kind of occasion, yeah, maybe on when, stage, etc. Playing on big stages, yeah. So, so I, I suppose what what do we know? We're uh, going up to Players Championship number five this weekend over in Barnsley. Um, yeah, I think it's five. Yeah, yeah, five and six Saturday, Sunday. Then you've the European Tour qualifiers on Monday. Um, I suppose what 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 are your kind of aims going forward? Do you have any goals for the next couple of weeks, or or what would you like you like to uh, achieve? Um, qualifying for Euro Tour in a row on. That's that's been that's been a hard old task to do. And um, obviously, getting to a, getting to a final of a player championship would would be good. Like, and if I won it, it'd be better. Like, you know. But yeah, no, getting to getting to a final is my aim. So, and qualifying for uh, Euro Tour on Monday. So, hopefully, now that that be this weekend will go well. And the Euro Tour, um, how, how is this? Is it a certain amount of people per per? Um qualifier yeah. get through or like you don't have to win win the thing or anything you just have to no no it's it's literally um i think like they have qualifiers so like wherever it's on let's just say austria or somewhere so they'll have two host nation qualifiers so i think in austria i think it's mentor sulevich and Raubi john rodriguez yeah so and then everyone else plays so you can only be obviously you, can, you have to have a tour card to play in them so like you play and then so you have to either play three games or two games. It all depends on the draw. If you get a prelim, you have to win three games. Yeah. If you get a, if you get a, into the first round, you have to win two. So you have to be, oh, is it? I think it's the top twenty-four go through, and then whoever loses in the last forty-eight are reserve players for the Euro Tour. So let's just say. That, that, the last Euro Tour qualifier I got bet by Brendan Dolan. So if Brendan pulled out of that Euro Tour, I'd okay, right. get, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd get an email to would I play like her, and then if I couldn't play, it'll go down to the next person, the next person, so on, like you know. Right, and I see um uh your after just looking through your calendar here for for March, um the weekend after next, I suppose the uh, nineteenth and twentieth. Um, it's in Hildesheim, is that? Hildesheim, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Germ- Germany, is it? That's Germany, yeah. Yeah, That's and a, do you plan on going over to that place, as well? Let me tell you. Yeah, it's an old, it's an old keep of a place. Let me tell you that one now. <laughs> oh, it's it's very, very bad now. I must say. Yeah, so you've been there before. Oh yeah, I was being I I was there twice last year for development tours, and I I would not I would not wish it upon my worst enemy to go there. <laughs> you know, oh. It's, I hope the Hildesheim Tourism Board isn't listening to it across the line here. To see. Hopefully not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there are plenty, plenty to come for you in, in the next couple of weeks, and uh, we'll be keeping a, a keen eye on it. Anyway, and we wish you the, wish you the best of luck, and hopefully maybe a, a TV appearance is um, on the card soon enough as well. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Brilliant, uh, Dylan. We will talk to you again, and uh, thanks, million for the update. No problem, Paul. It's nice to talk to you again. Professional darts player and Tipperary man Dylan Slevin there giving us an update on how he's been faring on the PDC Tour and we wish Dylan all the best this weekend. Now it's time for our second ad break but don't go anywhere. We'll be back with Tipperary senior football captain Connor Sweeney and Greyhound Racing after these. 
Welcome back to the third and final part of Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, March the 10th, 2023. So we're going to switch our focus back to Gaelic Games and the Abbey CBS and Tipperary Town have an All-Ireland Senior B Schools football final tomorrow. It was originally fixed for the Downs GA in Westmead, but it has now been moved to the Connacht GA Centre in Mayo. So that one's going to take place at half past two tomorrow. And Abbey CBS are playing St. Joseph's Dunamore of Tyrone. So earlier in the week, I spoke to Connor Sweeney, of course, the Tipperary senior football captain. He's a teacher in Abbey CBS and is over the team. So I began by asking him about their semi-final where they came back from nine points down to win a semi to win a shootout, penalty shootout in the semi-final against St. Attractors of Sligo. And I began by asking Connor about the overall buzz in the school heading into this weekend's All-Ireland Final. Yeah, there is. There's a good old buzz there, to be fair. And um, I suppose the overriding feeling from two weeks ago was relief more than anything because the game itself was just it was helter-skelter from the beginning to the end. And um, to come out on the right side of it for a finish was just, I suppose, relief because um, we'd been we'd been through a lot. Um, we were nine points down, like you say. And, um, yeah, we did well to hang in there. Um, we felt we should have won the game in, in normal time. And we should have won it in extra time as well. But listen, we didn't. And it took us to penalties. And yeah, we, we, we stuck three of our four penalties. So hey, look, we find ourselves in the final now and we've parked that game and we're looking forward. So the buzz is good. We're only a couple of days out now. So we're all very excited about it. And like a win like that just must do wonders for the, the whole team spirit. It does, yeah, it does. We haven't made things easy for ourselves in... The majority of our games this season, we've always kind of um, found ourselves down a couple of points here and there coming coming down the stretch. So what we've kind of realised is we've we've got great kind of uh, battling qualities and we always hang in there and that kind of never-say-die attitude to just keep fighting to the bitter end. Um, and as the saying goes, it's never over till it's over. And we certainly have carried that mantra over the last couple of games, albeit a little bit closer than we'd like at times, but... Yeah, so the boys have just shown great batting qualities to stay in there and get over the line, so it's fantastic. Can you tell me a bit about uh, uh, the kind of culture of football in the school? I know you had some success uh, in the last couple of years, but what's the whole kind of um, culture around, around Gaelic football in the school? Yeah, it's a very sport-orientated school, um, as well as being very academic. But we cover a, right, a, a wide range of sports. Um, GA and hur- GA hur- hurling and football kind of dominate. Then we've um, more recently we've been successful with soccer, senior soccer, underage soccer. We play a bit of rugby and we play a lot of basketball as well. Um, but I suppose for a lot of the, the boys in the school, GA probably is their number one. Um, and we've had a lot of success with hurling and football historically in the Abbey, and even more so the last two years. Um, I suppose the recent success has been the last two years. We won the Munster final last year at senior level B. And we won the Munster final at senior level B again this year. And now we find ourselves in a senior final. I think the Abbey have won nine Munster finals at B grade. Um, and we've won a couple of uh, B hurling medals and a couple of All-Ireland as well. So there's a good history of GAA but in the school. And look, we're just looking to add to that now this weekend. And this weekend you're coming up against uh, a Tyrone school, Dunhamore. Have you got to see any of them? Or are you aware of the kind of uh, um, threat they will pose this weekend? Yeah, we got our hands on a video or two of their most recent matches. So, yeah, listen, like ourselves, they're in an all a final, so uh, they're going to get our utmost respect. They're obviously a very good team. You don't get to a final unless you're a very good team. And, um, yeah, look, we've seen a couple of videos. They're they're extremely fit, really well-conditioned. Um, they seem to be well-organised. 
um, and we're going to have it all to do, that's for sure. But um, as much as we focused on them, we've we've kind of even more so focused on ourselves and just tried to get our own game right. And I think if we do, we'll be there or thereabouts. We just want to be in the game coming down the stretch. So, yeah, I'd say it's going to be a good final. Um, and I suppose it's kind of whoever takes to the, to the occasion the best, I would say, and makes the least mistakes will probably be there or thereabouts. And what would it mean for the for the lads who are involved now, um, preparing for this final, if they could go out and get an All Ireland medal? I'd, I'd imagine it would just be massive for the group. Oh, sure, I would. I'd say, yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't really have any experience of it myself. I never really played football in in my secondary school, but I can only imagine what the boys are feeling this week and over the last number of weeks. They've just been on a great journey the last two years. A lot of them. Um, so it's it's just a fantastic time, you know. It kind of it helps them as well. It kind of it shortens the year for them a little bit. When you get after Christmas and you're still in competitions, it just it probably makes school life a little bit easier. They have a lot of things to look forward to. And it probably gives them that bit of balance between the classroom and, and the sport as well. So the boys are buzzing. They're really looking forward to it. Um, and I suppose our job now as coaches is just to make sure that they play the game and not the occasion this Saturday. And um, hopefully they put their best foot forward. Yeah, it would, it would be brilliant. And just before uh, I suppose I let you go, I, I you're uh, suffered a, the ACL injury there against Down in late January, the, the first game of the league. Just an update on that. How, how are you getting on with that injury? Um, how's that all faring so far? I'm booked in for an operation on the 23rd of March. Um, so that's only a couple of weeks away, and and then I start my rehab straight away after that. So um, I'm doing prehab at the minute just to get my my leg in as good a condition as I possibly can for the operation. And after that, then you're looking at maybe nine to 12 months of rehab. So um, it'll probably be next year, 2024, before I'm back on the field, I would say. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's a an injury. Unfortunately, I've, I've suffered myself. So I, I know the, the struggle that it, that goes through, even the prehab stuff and, and things like that. So I, I'd imagine just being involved with the lads in, in the school and that is probably a, even a way to get your mind away from your own injury. Ah, yeah. I, I don't have any issues on that front. It doesn't bother me at all. It is what it is. And... Um, there's a lot worse things going on around the place than, than a knee injury. So um, I'm not really too worried about it. I just get on with things and I'm doing a bit of coaching in the school and have a lot going on at home. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a problem at the moment, but it's definitely going to get my, my utmost attention to prehab and the rehab just to give myself the best chance, you know. Yeah, that's a it's a good attitude to have. I suppose finally with the with the tip footballers, um, have you been keeping in around the place or what way have you have you dealt with that? Yeah, bits and pieces every now and then. Um you know, there's there's only so much I can do. I can't really do a whole pile, so you can't really have that much of an influence. So there's no real point in being there every night. Um, the boys have their own jobs to do now, and so yeah, just keeping an eye on them and dipping in and out and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Connor, I wish you the very best of luck, and firstly in your in your recovery, and uh, definitely the best of luck this weekend, and hopefully you'll be bringing an All Ireland medal back to Tipperary. Great. Thanks, William Paul. Tipperary senior football captain Connor Sweeney joining us there to talk about Abbey CBS's All-Ireland final tomorrow. And a reminder that that's had a change of venue and now takes place at half two tomorrow in the Connacht GA Centre in Mayo. So we wish the Abbey CBS all the very best of luck. Now just to run through some other uh, soccer fixtures happening over the weekend. We have a big game in uh, on Sunday in the Clamell Credit Union Division 1. It's a playoff. Tipperary Town versus Care Park. That's at 3pm in Ashling Park in Cullen. So that's a playoff to see who can get into the Clamell Credit Union Premier Division. And in the Clamell Credit Union Premier League on Sunday, there's four games. Half 11 v Rovers are at home to St. Michael's at 3pm 
p.m. Wilderness Rovers are at home to Peak Villa and at the same time Bancha Celtic travel to Two Mile Burris and then at 11 a.m. on Sunday morning it's Clonmel Celtic at home to Cashel Town and uh, also worth mentioning um, I'd like to wish everyone in Nina Orman the very best of luck of course they're in the Munster Senior Challenge Cup final it's not till next Thursday of course but uh, we won't have another across the line until then so we wish Nina Ormond all the very best of luck that's on Thursday at half past seven in Thoman Park they play Young Munster in that Munster Senior Cup um, final so we wish Nina Ormond all the very best of luck a massive day for the club there but now as always on a Friday evening it's time to talk dogs with Barry Drake Tip FM's Greyhound Update in association with Greyhound Racing Ireland because this runs deep. So once again a lot to look forward to in the world of Greyhound Racing over the course of the uh, next uh, couple of days both locally and nationally. Uh, firstly just looking back on the big final last weekend at Shelburne Park that was the Paddy Keogh Suspended Ceilings Gold Cup Final which carried a winner's prize of €16,000 and it was won by one of the outsiders of the race Bogger Hunter who um, won the uh, Classic in 28.52. What a wonderful winning performance there uh, to win the spoil. €16,000 uh, to the winner of that, owned by Simon Sinek and uh, Brendan Keogh and trained by Ian Riley, a man that um, tasted so much big success over the course of the last uh, two decades, uh, back to 2004 when he won the English Greyhound Derby with Troopy Skull. So... Ian Riley, the talented trainer back in the big time. So that was the big one there um, at Shelburne Park last Saturday night. Elsewhere in the world of greyhound racing uh, turning our attentions to this weekend's racing action, uh, starting below in Clonmel tonight where the a racing action will get underway um, at the usual start time there of around uh, 7.30 and some good racing to look forward to in Clonmel tonight and uh, we're keen on the chances of Slaneyside Tidy who contests the 5th of the night there the Kilsheel and Gallop A6 525 this one for the Turles Kennel of Derek Keogh could well notch up a 4th uh, career success there in that race especially if getting off to a good start Elsewhere in the uh, world of Greyhound Racing tonight, all eyes on Tralee down in the Kingdom Greyhound Stadium. Um, the, the big one there, the Greyhound and Pet World Juvenile Classic, which carries a winner's prize of €11,000. And, you know, one of the stars of the competition so far has been Roy Hope Beach, who trained in Tipperary by Michael O'Donovan. Um, this, um, you know, talented individual. Uh, could be even a leading player um, come derby time in September uh, the big of course Irish Ground derby final will take place in September but this Roy Hope Beach looks to have it all he's one of the, the most exciting young grounds in the country the May puppy has clocked uh, sensational times of 28-12 on both occasions he looks to have electric early pace and you know as I said he's the real deal He's owned by Alison Banderak in uh, Wolverhampton in England, but the Michael O'Donovan train runner will take the world of beating there tonight as he bids to make it a hat-trick of straight successes uh, in the kingdom. Uh, the obvious danger for me is trap number one, Teresa's Mendoza. This one for Capo White trainer Pat Buckley. His stream of Sydney, of course, finished third in the big final last week in Shelburne Park. But this is another talented individual for the Queen of the South Syndicate. 28-34 last week, but it was the manner of the victory that impressed me most. Well drawn here on the inside. And another big performance is very much expected. Uh, elsewhere in the second semi-final, and going with a, a local winner here. Benny McMarino is another one that can make it a hat-trick of straight successes uh, for Benny McElligot, uh, Kerry trainer there, Liam Dowling. That's the one for me there. 
uh, in that race of course good maestro is another leading player as well for Tipperary trainer Patrick Guilfoyle 28-27 winner in the opening round turned over last week but uh, better uh, expected there tonight so all eyes very much on that the Greyhound and Petworth Juvenile Classic which um, produces stars in the future year in year out so uh, this year's event looks as good as ever and I'll certainly be following that with close interest tonight and as I said plenty of temporary interest there in that race elsewhere moving on to Turles on Saturday night the Borna Kennels A4525 gets underway at the opening round heat of that contest uh, which is kindly sponsored by the Dewan family uh, the Borna Kennels there 2,000 euros to the winner it promises to be a real good competition over the course of the next couple of weeks and one of the standout entries for me is a greyhound called Epic King who's trained by Michael Donnelly uh, this greyhound has been competing at a higher level in recent outings and looks certain to go well there in race number 6 tonight it's a 29-23 winner in the past around Kilkenny so that's a very strong form so as I said that really looks at a good race uh, there tonight um, you know and uh, be following that competition as well over the course of the next couple of weeks um, it certainly will produce some really good racing there and of course there is six heats down for decision there um, tomorrow night there in Turles so it's um, certainly a competition that has been well supported and um, very much uh, wishing um, all uh, um, you know grounds involved in that competition the best of luck in the coming weeks uh, we'll certainly keep you up to date with that one elsewhere before we finish up it's all back to Clanmel on Sunday night they have their usual uh, racing car down for the season which will get underway at um, 7.30 and a ground that caught my eye on debut was uh, Doubtful Leah uh, who's uh, owned and trained by Tyg Maloney and Cashel uh, delivered a real likeable performance winning by a wide margin on debut 29.03 on that occasion could well make it back to back winning performances there the obvious dangers for me are the likes of my view in trap number 6 for James Martin and in trap number one you have uh, Monroe Fishcat for James Frisbee in uh, the uh, Tipperary uh, area there so look as I said a lot to look forward to over the course of the weekend and uh, you know finally before we finish up just once again highlight that big victory last weekend Bogger Hunter wins the uh, first classic of the year at Shelburne Park and uh, so many big competitions to look forward to at the Dublin venue as well over the course of the uh, year and uh, no doubt there will be plenty of Tipperary interest as well along the way Barry Drake there, as informative as ever, talking greyhound racing here on a Friday evening on Across the Line. So that's just about all we've got time for for this week's edition of Across the Line. I'd like to remind the listeners that we will be back on air tomorrow evening. Myself and Ken Hogan will be bringing you live commentary of Tipperary versus Watford in that crucial National Hurling League clash in Semple Stadium. Throw-in is at quarter past seven, but myself and Ken will be on the air just after seven o'clock, bringing you all the build-up and team news ahead of that game. So until then, I will talk to you then. I'd like to remind listeners that... Carol Power is on after the news with Premier Country and a quick reminder that there will be no across the line next Friday as it will be St. Patrick's Day so I'll be off and uh, I will be back on the air in two weeks time though for another edition of Across the Line so until then have a good weekend and we will talk to you tomorrow night for that commentary of Tip vs Watford. Bye for now.